You are listening to the Sound in Faith podcast coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship in beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm Pastor Thomas Lawson. And I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. And our aim is to encourage the saints of Faith Baptist Fellowship to believe sound doctrine and to live lives that adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen. Pastor Mike, uh, I see one of your New Year's resolutions was to shave off your glory. You know, it's funny. I thought just a few moments ago, he's going to mention my beard. I am going to mention the beard. How could I not? Yeah, you're right. I messed up the logo. (laughs) We had this awesome logo, and now one of us doesn't have... But my beard still fits in that. It just... Yeah, you still have the goatee thing going on. The outline. Yeah, you came over New Year's Day to our house, and when you walked in the door, I didn't immediately... I was like, something looks very different. Yeah. Did he get new glasses? And then I realized... Oh, no. It took my wife two hours to notice. Yeah. Oh. And she's like, my daughter, on the other hand, my youngest daughter, she's just like, what in the world? You know, go grow that back. I know. Well, I Shave think it back on. I think if, if I did, my kids might not recognize me. So I have no intention of doing this. I actually have a mug uh, right here. Hmm. Uh, for those of you watching on the video, I'm drinking my coffee out of it right now. It's a quote by Charles H. Spurgeon, the uh, great... 19th century Baptist pastor. One of my heroes. Yeah, love it. And it says, growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Amen and amen. Let's pray right now and we can be done with (laughs) this. That's it for the podcast today. Well, we've got a great uh, show today. Yeah, I think so. And I think so too. You know, I think it ties in well with the idea of, you know, people are making New Year's resolutions. Yes. People are thinking through, hey, it's the turning of a calendar you know, here's an opportunity to maybe make some fresh starts with them, some things, set some goals. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to be looking at this question. And, and I think in light of that, how important then is church in the coming year for you, especially when you're making resolutions and, and all of that? Yeah. It's a great question to ask right now, to think about, like, what part is, in 2024, what part is the church going to play in my life? Yesterday in our church update... It's interesting how this happened, because I had made a comment about that in our church update video about how, hey, you know, make it part of your New Year's resolutions to make church a priority in right. your life. Um, and we being, hadn't talked about it yet. Being with, and yeah. we hadn't talked about it yet, and then all of a sudden, you know, we were looking at the, the podcast episode, and you had put together this proposal for things we wanted to talk about, and there it was. And so, mm. yeah, providentially, here we are, both on the same page. Awesome. So... Why, you know, we've been doing this podcast, this is our, what, our 12th episode? 12th episode? Yes, episode 12. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Yeah, 12 tribes of Israel. It's a special day. It's special, 12 <laughs> disciples. <laughs> we're off to a good start. We have an audience today, those yeah, of you, we we're going to, should we say who's here? Elijah Myers is yeah. here, he's watching us. When I hold up the applause sign. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's going to applaud. One guy. When we hold up the laugh sign, you know, it's someone to laugh at all of our jokes. <laughs> Um, why an episode of the church now? Why are we doing this now? Uh, mostly because of Hebrews ten twenty five. Um, the, well, ten twenty four and twenty five. It says, "And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near." Mm. Um, you know, it's a new year. We, we we know the day is drawing near. We 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 know that. You know, and um, I. I think it's easy to neglect to meet together, to be together as the body of Christ. Yeah. And so I thought it'd be really good to start this year, start the podcast off by by talking about the 
like the importance of the community of, of faith and how we need one another and should be together. Yeah. You know, it's we're going to get into this a little bit more as we go through these uh, questions and topics today, but, you know, it's really, it's an essential part of the Christian life. It's essential. A, it's a foretaste of heaven, mm. uh, being together with the people of God, and our souls need it. It's not just a nice thing that we do. I actually had a conversation with someone a long or time optional. ago. optional. Yeah, it's not optional. Many years ago... Uh, with another, you know, believer, and they were like, "We well, you know church is a nice thing to do." It's not. No, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it is nice. It is nice, but it's not just merely a nice thing to do. That oh, well, now that I'm a Christian, I'm just going to fit this into my life now. But wait a second, though. You're yeah. a pastor. Don't you have to say this? Um, I mean, isn't isn't it? Aren't wouldn't wouldn't it be? Something just pastors would say, you know, you need well, to be Well, yeah, I mean, of course, it is something I, I have to say because it's true. Yeah, <laughs> you it's know? true. And as, as one who is committed to the truth, I'm going to say that, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and I'm a pastor because of that reality. Right. You know, I'm a pastor because of the importance of the church. You know, so it's not just two pastors saying, you know, you got to start coming to church. You no. know, it's, it's more than this. It's, 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 it's two pastors who love the church, um, who want to share how important the church is for your faith. Right, exactly, yeah. And so that's why we think this is so important. This is part of the truth that's that's essential for your faith, believer. Yes. Uh, for those of you who are listening right now. Um, so let, let's, let's break this down a little bit. How would you describe a good church? What's a good church? To be part, we say we want people to be part of a good church. We want them to be uh, connected with a local church that's good. What what does a good church look like? I think most of our listeners are part of Faith Baptist Fellowship, and so I I would and say, we, you know, you have one. But maybe there's some others that are listening, and you, do know, you not, think we're a good church. I think we're a good church. I okay. mean, by God's grace, you know, it's it's not it's not patting anyone on the back exactly, except for yeah. Christ and the work that He did on the cross for us, you know. But I think a good church has the gospel at its core. I think there are a lot of things that make up a healthy church. I, I think what Nine Marks has done to try to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, expound on those has been very helpful. Uh, those Nine Marks are a good starting place of of, of where you know the, the the place of the of God's word in the life of the church, uh, the place of the gospel, the place of preaching, um, the importance of membership, all of those things, you know. Um, but a good church is a church that has the gospel right at its core, preaches the gospel, loves the gospel. And the scriptures are the highest authority, and you know, you we could we could spend a whole couple episodes on it, right? Like um, that has elder rule um, or elder led, an elder led mm. church, elder led congregational church. I think is the um, a, a good polity. Not that every church that doesn't, you know, I guess I wouldn't want to say that a church that doesn't have that is a bad church. You know, I don't, right, I don't yeah. think that. There's lots of churches that are growing in their understanding of of polity and things like that. But I think a good church. Um, ought to be thinking about biblical polity. I think one thing to make clear is that a good church is not a perfect church. Yes. A good church is not a problem-free church. It it doesn't mean that there's no conflict. It doesn't mean that there's never disagreements. It doesn't mean that, you know, when I I try to impress this upon people when they come to our membership class, the the Faith Explored class, which if you're listening to this episode and you're not a member of faith and you'd be interested in joining as a member of faith, uh, we're kicking off a new Faith Explored class 
on Sunday, January 14th, uh, during the middle hour, just a little plug there, eight-week class about who we are as a church, our mission, uh, mission, vision, five loves, all of that. But one thing I impress upon people is when you walk in the doors, you're not with the people of God who have it all together. Right. Uh, we are the people of God who are persevering by mm. grace. Mm. And I think that makes the difference is we are, we are you know, the, the reformers use this, you know, semper reformanda, yeah, always, always reforming. reforming. So we are always seeking to be conformed mm. to the image of Christ, seeking to conform our worship, our, our understanding of God's Word to His Word. Yeah. So that we are living in accordance with it. And, and I think that's the, one of the most important things about being a good church. Yeah, so you're... Uh, I guess I want to say a couple of things. One, I think that class is awesome. I went to it this last time that you did it, and I think it's really worth going to. It's going. It's worth going to, even if you don't. If you, even if you're not sure, you should be a member. Mm-hmm. Like, even if that's still a big question mark for you, um, this class is awesome to learn more about church and learn more about this church. So it, it was very good. But uh, you quoted Spurgeon, and I, you know, I can't, I can't top that quote. It's probably the best. <laughs> but here's another quote by Spurgeon. This one on the church. Spurgeon wrote. If I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been a perfect church Mm -hmm. after I had become a member of it. Still, this is my favorite part, still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. Mm. Isn't that good? good? Yeah, that's, that's that's such a good thing to remember. You know, when we come in the doors on Sunday morning, when we gather here with the people of God... We're gathering with sinners redeemed by grace. Amen. We're gathering with people who are all in process of being sanctified, of being conformed to the image of Christ. You know, things happen. People say something and someone gets offended and all, you know, stuff like that can happen. What what makes it good though is we when we remember the mercy that we have received, when we remember the gospel, the grace that we have received, we love as he first loved us. And we we, we show that grace to one another, and we're seeking and striving together by grace to, to pursue Christ yeah. in, in everything that we do. And I think this is a great place to start this podcast, because I know that there are going to be some listeners who are going to who, who, who immediately think, yes, but I've been hurt in the church, or yes, mm. I've seen the messiness of the church, and, or, or something like that. And, and really, that's not a great reason to not be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, we encourage you, especially, you know, you're a listener here, you're part of Faith Baptist— if you're not a member, we would love to talk to you more about that and invite you to become a member of faith. Uh, if you're listening and you're not a member of faith, but we encourage you to be fully invested in your local church, be part of a good gospel-preaching, Christ-centered church. Amen. 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 So if that's a good church, then what is a good church member? What does it mean to be a good church member? Yeah, that's a great question. You alluded to it a moment ago, be fully invested. Yeah. And I think that's that, that really is what being a good church member is. It's it's not seeing the church as something you go to, like you know. This is a this is a similar to how you would view a club. You know, I, I go to the club on Friday night or, or whatever. You know, uh, you view the church. Not, I can't see you in a club. I by don't the way. go to clubs, yeah. but uh, I don't. <laughs> but not seeing it like that, but seeing it as us. Yeah, like not. It's not the place. Like, it's the the church is us. You know, to, to be a a good church member, you have to view the church as the body of Christ, as the people of God. Who who have covenanted together and love the gospel and mm. and do life together and, and those kind of things. Not so it's it's not an event that you go to. It's not it's it's the church. It's 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 you. It's yeah. us. Yeah. You know? And so to be a good church member, 
fully invested. Like, see this as your family. See this as the family of God. One of the things that is so beautiful about the church mm. is that it brings your life in, in into crossroads with people you, you might normally never have interactions with. Or have nothing in common. Have nothing in common right. with other than Christ. Right. I mean, so in our in our personal lives, you know, we have our families. Those are the people that we're, we're around all the time. Those are the, that's the people that God has given us to be right. around. You know, the families in which we're raised, in which we the, our marriages and our children and all of that. Then we have our friends, and we can pick our friends. And I'm not going to say the little funny saying that goes along with that about the nose and all that. Never mind. But you almost I, did. I almost did. Yeah. Almost did. That's a dad thing. Um, but we have our friends. We pick our friends. We and we oftentimes pick our friends based upon common interest. In, in hobbies and things like that. But the church intersects our lives with other people with whom we might have very little in common outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But inside of the gospel of Christ, we have everything. We in have common. everything in yeah. common. And, so and it's so enriching, too, because you realize, like, you know, you know it, if it weren't for the church, I might never meet a person like this. Right. And because of the church, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ— I, I have this deep bond that cannot be broken. It's a unique and beautiful thing. Yeah. It, across socioeconomic boundaries, across ethnicities, across all of those barriers that we typically have, you have the body of Christ, mm-hmm. yeah, of people who have been transformed by the grace of God and Jesus, and and they have everything in common, and they will spend eternity together, yeah. you know? And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So to be a good church member, um, I think you should see the church as a lot more than an organization or something that you're part of, you know, but to see it as, man, this is us. This yeah. is us. You know, we are the church. Can I share a story? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, your family, you guys were missionaries in Russia. We were missionaries in Russia. Um, <clears throat> many years ago, we were out in uh, the village of Khandaga in mm. Yakutia, uh, a region in the far east of Russia, and we were in a church service on a Sunday morning, and there were a number of us Americans there. There were Russians there who spoke Russian, and there were ethnic Sakha people mm. who spoke their language, Sakha. And uh, in the church that morning, uh, we started singing How Great Thou Art. Mm. And they started out singing it in Sakha, which is a very different language. It's a Turkic language, very different from Russian. So all the Sakha people in the congregation were singing that in Sakha. All the Russian people started singing it in Russian, mm. and all of the Americans started singing it in English. And right there in that one little worship service, these three different ethnicities were all praising God in our own languages, but with this united heart, mm. this, this how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God That's to so thee, good. how great thou art. And, it, you know, it was just a, it was that... Just a little moment of Revelation chapter 7, you know, mm. people from every nation, tribe, language, and tongue, and it just like, you know, these people speak a different language, they grew up in a different culture, but here we have this beautiful truth in common, mm. and and that was just, you know, I, I, I'll never forget that, so and I good. look forward to the day where we're gathered around the throne, we'll... When we'll repeat that, amen. I think it'll be a great amen. time, yeah. yeah. So, and that you said this: the church is a taste of that. It the, is the church yeah. is a taste of that. So, yeah. so yeah, good church member. That's that's a great question. So we've we've covered those two: good church, good church member. Um, let me ask you this: Isn't yeah. it legalism to insist that Christians go to church on Sundays? No, I mean we, 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 <laughs> we have the Bible. Yeah, we have <clears throat> Jesus. Why do we need to go to church? Because that's what we were made for. That's what we're hmm. we're 
you know, Christ said, on this rock I will build my church, mm. and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, and so we have been bought with a price, we've been redeemed and adopted into the family of God. So part of our the, our salvation is we've, we've been brought into this new family to gather with this new family. And, and so this is what the Christian life is supposed to be. It is supposed to be being with the people of God. Yes, there's a, that personal aspect of growing in Christ, that personal sanctification that happens, but we are called to be part of Christ's church, and the local expressions of that are our, our little outpost of the kingdom of God mm. around the world that where we're carrying out the mission of God together. Right. Yeah. That's so good. Like, you, you can't obey hardly any of the New Testament commands uh, outside of the church. You, yeah. you can't stir one another up to love and good works if you're not around one another. I mean, there's so many, you know, yeah. so, it's such a crucial part. Like, it's almost as if the Bible doesn't envision at all a Christian outside of the church. Like, that the, 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 there's that you can be a yeah. Christian who doesn't go to church. <clears throat> right. You know, it, it's, it's a, I don't see that in the Word. All know? of the, and we cover this in the Faith Explored class, all of the imperatives of the New Testament, they just don't make sense, like right. you said, outside of the context of being in committed regular fellowship with the body of Christ. And here's another thing, not to totally nerd out on this, but um, the, the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we love that doctrine, we cherish that doctrine. That, the doctrine basically stated is that we, um, those who are truly born again, uh, can never be unborn, but will persevere in their faith to the end. Yeah. A big part of the means that God uses to persevere saints is the church. Yes, uh, you absolutely. Know, so it's, 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 it's those encouragements and warnings and all of those things that happen in the body of Christ to keep following Christ. Um, that keep us trusting in Jesus, and He God uses that. Now we know perseverance is a is a, is a work of God's grace. You know we see that as uh, God at work, but He uses means, and 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 a big part of those means is yeah, the church. When the, when the Bible says to stir one another up, you know if you're not around other believers in a, in that committed community, Christian community, <clears throat> there's not a stirring up. That's right. That happens. Hmm. I'll give you another example here. You guys came over to our house on New Year's Day, made gumbo. Hmm. Louisiana. Louisiana, love it. Grew up in Louisiana. Gumbo. Shrimp, crawfish. Shrimp, crawfish, Um, sausage, all the vegetables, everything in in there. But but what you have to do is if you just, uh, you know, stick the ladle in there in the pot on the top and you pull it up, all you're going to get is just liquid. Hmm. But you have to stir it up. Hmm. And when you stir it up, you get all that goodness. In there, I, I knew what I was going to find what a way. A tasty illustration. I know, I know, and, and you know, maybe gumbo's not your thing, but yeah. you know, you get the idea. Yeah. You got to stir it up to get all the goodness in there, and when that happens, and I just slosh coffee all over myself. But it, uh, you I know, stirred it up. Another yeah. aspect of this is, you know, we, we often talk about your need to be in the church so that you can receive and so that you can be blessed and benefited, and so that you know God can uh, work in your life through the body of Christ. But but also, you need to be there so that you can do that for others. You, you yeah. know, because you're part of that, and when you when you when you when you stay on the periphery of church life, or if you kind of pull back and you, you're depriving other Christians of your gifts, yeah, you know, gifts that are meant for the body of Christ. Well, and and that ties into the next point. I think we wanted to make when we asked the question: Is the church a means of grace? What well, is it? I believe so. I believe so. I I, I think it's um, it's 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 the way that God 
shows his grace towards us through one another yeah in such a powerful way uh, people who are filled with the holy spirit who are indwelt by the spirit filled by the spirit saved by by christ uh, they're together encouraging one another in God's word. Yes, I think it's a means of grace. Yeah. Would you agree? I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, we have the ordinary means of grace that we talk about all the time. The, the, the preaching of the word, we pray the word, we sing the word, we see the word in the, in the ordinances. You know, our, the elements of our regular gathered worship <clears throat> are in themselves ordinary means of grace. But the, the regular interactions of our lives are so beautiful to see. Mm. I mean, when we, you know, if you're if you're a young married couple, and you come into the assembly, and you see a older married couple who are more seasoned and down the road, you're stirred up to loving good works by them. You learn from them. Mm. You glean wisdom from them. If you're a young Christian, you can learn from older Christians. Yes. Older Christians can learn from younger Christians. Yes. Um, Singles, married, uh, you know, people who have been through trials. I mean, I can't tell you how much I have been ministered to by people in our church who I have seen walk through suffering and trial and tribulation mm. in their lives, and in watching their faith grow. In that, it's like if I wasn't here, I wouldn't see that. I think of what I would miss if I didn't. It wasn't ministered to in mm. those ways. So there's so many means of grace. Yeah, uh, and, that the church is to us, and there's a corporate element to all of the ordinary means of grace. Yeah. You know, we we get together to to pray together. We get together to read the word together, and to, yeah. you know, those things happen in gathered community. You know, we had a brother here a couple weeks ago share his testimony uh, during uh, on a communion Sunday, and you know, he got emotional. Mm. He got emotional about his relationship with Christ, and it it revealed. Some, some depths in his heart there that just showed the beauty of what Christ had done in his life. And, and that, I mean, that blesses us. That it, it blesses us all. I remember right? that. Uh, the first one, <clears throat> if we're talking about the same one, uh, in the first service, he could hardly say anything, right. and it was super powerful by, by the nature of it all. You know, uh, the second one, he was able to get through it, and it was super powerful. It was yeah. a, very different, but, but very encouraging, and that happens in the church. Yeah, that happens in the church. And I'll so just good. say this, too. And I don't want to drag this out too long, but you know, one of the privileges I have of standing up front on Sunday mornings and leading the people of God in worship is watching them worship. Mm. And uh, Pastor Mark Dever, Nine Marks Ministries, Capitol Hill Baptist. You know, one of the things he says is that at Capitol Hill Baptist, I think he sits up on the pulpit. He sits. He he's seated, seated up front while yep. the people are worshiping, so he watches them worship. And in situations where he's not up front. He, he says, I'll often look around, because like, I want to see people worshiping. And I find myself doing the same thing, Me too. because Me too. I see people <clears throat> lifting their hands, or closing their eyes, or folding their hands, or singing out these amazing truths, and I know them now, mm. and I know the paths that their lives have been mm. on, I know the, the trials they've been through, and to see them give uh, this testimony of what they believe in song, I think, is just a beautiful thing. Awesome. Ministers to me. Great word. Great word. Yeah. What about traveling and sports and stuff? Like, what do we do with that? Oh, boy. That's where it gets messy. You know, um, I, you know I, I think where you can get, forgive me, but legalistic is you say it's always wrong X, it's always wrong this and that. And, and I don't want to be careful. I don't want to be gracious at the same sure. time. Here's where here's where I'll say I'll, I'll bring it around to this: make church a priority. Yes, 
and make church, in almost every case, a non-negotiable priority with the understanding that there can be providential hindrances that are unavoidable in our lives. Sure. We get sick, yeah. okay? And if you're sick, you should stay home, you know, because that's showing love and not wanting to spread the goodness of influenza around to your to your brothers and sisters. There, there's situations, I've had to travel on Sundays before. I've had situations where that's come up. And so there, there are things that are unavoidable uh, that we, we can't, but, you know, to, to intentionally say, hey, I'm going to engage in this uh, sporting event for the next eight months of my life that's going to never allow me to go to church. Honestly, think you should give strong consideration to not doing that. I agree. I agree, and I, you know, I know that I know that parents struggle with this question, and it, and my thought is, I think we need to set the example for our children how yeah. important the the body of Christ is, you know, and how unimportant everything else is by comparison. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, we don't have to cross this line to start being real judgy every time somebody misses or or what have you. You know, that's not what this is about. What this is about is saying. No, the, the church is hugely important to our, us, and we want to be a part, Yeah, and we want to gather when they gather. Uh, there was a sister in Christ in the other church that I served that uh, she was a businesswoman, and she traveled quite a bit um, for her work. And she would, she would schedule her travel, like even the travel days, uh, <clears throat> in such a way that she could be with the body of Christ on Sundays. Yeah. And I, I thought that was right. You know, like, again, there's probably times where that's not possible. Um, you know, there extenuating circumstances, but for me, for my part, I want church to be the, and I'm, I'm borrowing this from somebody, I don't know where I heard it, but I want it to be um, the excuse for which I miss everything else in life. You know, exactly, like, I yeah. want to be with the body of Christ on Sundays, I w- whether I'm preaching or not. Now, this I, this last Sunday, I wasn't preaching, but I was in church. Yeah, Not our church, I went to, I was in the Twin Cities, and I went to a different church, but I was with the body of Christ, and I was edified by it, and encouraged by it, and it was good, you know, and so... I guess our pastoral word here, if I can, you know, just speak for both of us here, is um, make church a big priority in 2024. Like, see it that way. Like, we're not pushing a, a thing where you should, you know, feel guilty if you're sick or something like that. Yeah, but, exactly. But, exactly. But yeah. church is the church, and you want to be together with the body of Christ. Yeah. I had a friend uh, who was a police officer in Portland, Oregon. Uh, he, he had to work nights, and he got off at 6 a.m., would get home by 7, would go to bed. Mm. Uh but on Sundays, on Saturday nights, he would push through and stay up until our church met at 10 a.m., and we were done by noon, and he would go home, and he said, yeah, I'm tired, but it's worth it. Mm. He wanted so desperately to be with the body of Christ that he made that a priority, and for him, and the way his schedule worked, you know, that meant staying up, quote-unquote, late, you know, uh, but he said, I, I pushed through, I drank some coffee, and and get to church, and we're there, and he's like, I'm tired, but I'm, I'm with the body of Christ, and I go home, and I go to bed at noon, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I've, I admired him for that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. That was such a priority in his life. He wanted to be with his family on church on Sundays. Um, he really he really strove for that. And let me say this to you. If, you, if you're listening, and you don't even feel any impetus to, to this at all, like uh-huh. you, you feel like this, I, I, I think, um, you know that old saying, absence makes the heart grow fond? Yeah. I think it's absolutely false. I think absence makes the heart grow apathetic. Exactly. You know, and I think that I, I think when, when when church has not been a priority for you, it's really hard for you to hear this and, and think, oh, it needs to be. But when church is a priority to you, like when you love the church, when you're there, every, missing church would be like, oh man, 
Yeah. It, a, a huge disappointment for your for your week. Yeah. Make it a priority. And the more you make it a priority, the more you will love it. Yes. I really do believe that. I think if you're if you're a Christian, you love Christ, the more you're around and engage with God's people. Now, the, the, the nugget of truth that might be there in the absence makes the heart grow fonder is if when you truly are engaged and you love it and you're plugged in oh, yeah. and you do have to miss it, then you feel it. Yeah, there you then go. Then you feel it. There like the times that we've been sick and we've had to, to stay home. Phrase. Yeah, the times that we're sick and we've had to stay home, you know, we feel that. Yeah. We're like, ah, we'd, be, we'd much rather be in church today. During the weeks of COVID when there was, there was a, like a, there's a, we were shut down for eight weeks or something like yeah. that. When we got back together, um, finally, you know, after those eight weeks, I yeah. mean, we met, we did the Zoom thing, just like all the other churches did during those days, you know, we did the Zoom thing, but it wasn't the same. And when we got back together and we took communion, we, we took the Lord's Supper that Sunday, there was weeping. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't like nostalgic weeping. It was, oh, we need to be together. And being together is good. Yeah. Yeah. Online church, I don't mean to rabbit trail too much, but online church is not the same as going and being with the body of Christ. No. It serves a purpose. Yes. I think it's a it can be a valuable thing for if those you're sick, who, if yeah. you're if you can't make it, if there's some reason, you know, it, it could be good. Yeah. But it's like watching a cooking show on television. You might glean some information from it, but you don't smell the steak cooking. You you don't you don't taste it, you know. And and being there with the body of Christ is is what we were made for. We were made to be together. And just pastorally, if you're if if if, if online church is all you can do because of your, you know, providentially that's where you're at. God yeah. is, you know, um, I we want to do everything we can to love you well, even though that's your that's what what you have to do, you know. Yeah. But what we want to say pastorally is don't look at for for everybody else who can be together. Don't look at online church as a as a suitable you know, thing to do, uh, you know, without gathering. Yeah. Thank, thanks for clarifying that, Pastor yeah. Mike. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. We recognize that there are brothers and sisters out there who are uh, unable yep. to make it, and we we want to minister to them and love them as best we can. Um, Moving on here, yep. you know, I know we're going to kind of wrap this up. We don't want to push the time too far. Um, what are some suggestions uh, for those who might, be on the fringes, on okay. the periphery yes. of life in the church right now. Yeah, so I think there's a um, think of it like a merry-go-round. You know, is that what those things are called? You know, on the playground when you're you, you spin those things. You know, is that a merry-go-round? I think so. Is that a merry-go-round? Is it a whirly, twirly thing? Yeah. If it's you're on the very edge of yeah. it, it's really easy to fall off. Mm. If you're in the middle, it's really hard to fall off. You, you know. Um, I think if you're on the periphery, it's a dangerous place to be. I don't think it's 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 healthy for you and for your Christian life to be on the periphery of, of church life, like unengaged. Uh, you attend, you know, but you're not a part. I, I don't think that that's a great place to be. And my encouragement to you as a pastor would be, draw in. Yeah. You know, uh, even if even if you're going against your grain, you know, your personality and what what have you, you know, your uh, even even if you don't feel the impetus, like that. Uh, draw in, yeah. you know, and um, th- th- that'd be my encouragement. I mean, it's a simple, general encouragement, but that'd be my encouragement. Yeah. Uh, get connected with yes. ministries. I mean, we're not a mega church, but, you know, we, uh, between both of our services on a Sunday, you know, we have anywhere from four to 500 people, I think. And, you know, it can be easy to get sometimes lost in the crowd. Um, so getting connected with a ministry serving in some way is a great way to get to know other people within the life of the yes. church in a more in, in a closer way. 
Uh, we have our app, and if you go into the the Faith Baptist app, you can um, come to the little stack menu on the side, and it says, you know, serve. And if you click on that, there's there's different ways to connect with ministries like our children's ministry, youth, music, tech, uh, hospitality ministries. Get plugged into one of those, and you know you don't have to be necessarily gifted in some you know some phenomenal way to do something, but just help. Good just word. go and help out. Good word. That's a great way. All right. So f- last question here. Like, yeah. Maybe just share briefly how the church has personally impacted you. Oh man! And I'll do that too. <laughs> you said briefly. I have yeah. to qualify that. Um, you know, the church deeply is profoundly changed my life in so many ways, and and so trying to narrow this down to just one, uh, I'll I'll try to be brief here. But I know that in my early Christian walk, in my when I was a young man, uh, it was some men within the church that came alongside me and invested in my life that profoundly changed the direction and course of my life. Mm. Uh, challenging me in my faith, teaching me God's word, showing me uh, you know, what it meant to be a follower of Christ. Uh, in our married life, um, you know, just being a, a young family and seeing older families mm. and families with kids, how they taught their kids, how they how they held family devotions and read the Bible together and sang and and shepherded their children, all of those things. And then, you know, through times of trial and difficulty. Uh, just seeing the body of Christ minister to us and love us and come around us. Um, you know, it it's so ingrained in our life, even before I became a pastor, even before I, I became, quote-unquote, employed by the church. Mm. You know, it was, it was so ingrained in our life that we were part of the church, our life centered around it, and, and we just found great value and joy in that. Mm. And, uh, you know, yeah, we can't, we can't imagine life without it. What a good word. So... Y- my my word is similar. Uh, you know, I, I I'll just be real brief, and then we can just wrap this up. But I um, for me, I learned a lot in Bible college. I learned a lot in seminary. Those were good times for me. I learned a lot about God's word. I learned a lot about ministry and things like that. But most of my spiritual growth, most mm-hmm. of it, has come in yeah. the church. Yeah. Uh, being with brothers like Raymond and Keith and Doug. And John and and so many others, brothers who, yeah. who loved me and poured into me and challenged me and called me out on my sin and and those kind of things. That's where most of my spiritual growth has come from. It's been in the body of Christ. Yeah, and I, I could give a laundry list of names too. Mm. Mike, Mike Dahl, mm. Steve Knott, Ed Bowman. I mean, I can just go down the list. Yeah. There's so many of them. Lives have been profoundly changed by mm. these men. Yeah. And, That's so uh, good. Yeah. Brother Mike, uh, do we have any? Do we have any questions for today? We do, but why don't we? Why don't we hold those, and we'll get into the questions when we next week. We'll yeah, we had more. two Q and A episodes, so we're going to hold those for now and get back into some questions. You've been listening to the Sound and Faith podcast, coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship, beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Pastor Ooh. Mike, we had a good, uh, good time today. Yeah. Good to have uh, Elijah. Elijah, do you have anything you want to add? Could you applaud? He's shaking. Can you? Apply? <laughs> Our audience of one this morning. Again, uh, we're so glad you've been listening. We hope you make church a priority in your life this year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you all. Anything else you want to add, Pastor Mike? No, that's it. If not, thanks for listening, and Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday.